What is going on, everybody? You are back on another edition of the Coach's Corner. I am Justin Dupengeiser, and I am joined, as always, by my guy, Caleb James. Before we bring Caleb in here, make sure you're smashing the like button. Like button. You're subscribing to the channel. Um, it just goes a long ways to helping us and what we're doing. And in the comments, in the comments down below, tell us uh, tell us your prediction for the score for the Eagles and the Chiefs game coming up this weekend. But Caleb, my guy, how you doing, brother? You know, things could be better. Things could be worse. Um, before we get into all the negatives, I know there's a lot of negatives to talk about. I'm going to give a shout out to uh, my alma mater, the Truman State Bulldogs. They had a big upset win come from behind victory this weekend over the University of Tiffin Dragons. That's a little Division II action for you. That put uh, Triff Tiffin was ranked 13th in the rank or in the nation for D2. That win put Truman up to 18th in the rankings and is also the first, one of the first 4 0 starts in the history of the school. So, Big shout out to all the Bulldogs up there in Kirksville, Missouri. Let's go. Let's go, Bulldogs. I'm about <laughs> it. I'm about it. Um, very nice. Very nice. Good way to start the show. A lot of positive energy there because we're going we're gonna to need all that we can handle right now. Um, before we dive into, into the Chargers game a little bit, let's, uh, let's talk about the latest news. Um, Chiefs went out and, and signed Josh Gordon. He has been in and out of the NFL over the past few years, obviously with some some issues as far as abuse, alcohol, substance abuse is concerned. Um, you know, he, he had gotten help. He'd been in and out of rehab a little bit. Um, obviously a super, super talented dude when he's right. The problem is, is are you going to get him when he's right, you know? Um, I guess just, just start with that. And like, what is your what is your overall feeling? with the Josh Gordon signing. Here's the thing. I don't really have any like expectations for him. I'm not going to be like one of the people you see that is going to expect him to come in and put up a thousand yards receiving. I don't think that's fair to anyone to assume that, but you do have to wonder, he has not actually played a lot of football, even though he is 30 years old and he has flashed, you know, I'm just kind of looking up the statistics here. And even more recently, you know, when he was playing for Seattle or when he was playing for the Patriots, you know, before he would be suspended and, you know, in the six games he played and, you know, the last couple of seasons or whatever, the five games, his numbers aren't really bad for just a few games here and there. He's got, you know, 27 receptions over the last year. You know, he had 27 receptions in 2019 and 11 games played. That's not great. That's not bad. But. I don't know. I think I think it's just the Chiefs, you know, I think they're probably about ready to be done with uh, about three people because Marcus Kemp, we waited five years for him to for him to drop his chance to score a touchdown. Byron Pringle is only two years younger than Josh Gordon, and he had a chance to go out here this game and solidify himself. And he didn't do that. And Demarcus Robinson continues to be a liability on and off the field. So to me, this move reflects those three more than it does what Josh Gordon can bring. But is Josh Gordon going to be a better version of D-Rob? I think he can be. The only thing for me with Gordon is I hope they don't get to a point in the season where they're like end up relying on him a whole bunch because just due to his past history, you know, there's a good percentage of chance something bad could happen again. And I'm not saying I want something bad to happen, but just looking at his history, it's pretty ominous how it goes. You know, he has like a couple of good weeks here and there. 
he starts to look good, and then it just kind of seems like thing goes off, things go off the rails again. So that'd be my only concern for this move going forward. But it is, as you say, it's a, uh, you know, it's a high, it's a low risk, high reward type deal. Yeah, and that's exactly kind of where I am with the whole situation. Is is you kind of understand going into it that this move could turn out to be absolutely nothing, right? Like Josh Corden could never even take a snap in a regular season game for the Kansas city chiefs, or he could find himself on the field and work himself into a nice little role with the chiefs where, you know, he, like, if he's right, like I said, he's a very talented wide receiver. You know, he's a big athletic um, guy that can run fast and he can jump high and he can catch passes. And he, when he is healthy and when he is mentally right, I mean, he is, he's a freak show. So like the passes that we saw Kemp drop and Byron Pringle drop this past weekend, I think that he is a guy that if he's right, he can make those, make those plays. It's just such a big question mark. So like you said, I think temper your expectations. If it works out awesome, you know, why not, why not take a a swing at him? Um, Obviously it sounded like a lot of NFL teams were interested in him, and he chose the chiefs and why wouldn't you, if you're a guy trying to revamp your career and in, in, offense where they're not that deep at wide receiver and they're a team that throws the ball quite a bit so it makes a lot of sense on on that account um I'm going to be super interested to see what happens with him you know he started on the practice squad and and hopefully he can work his way in in the next couple weeks and we'll see what we have there and like you said hopefully uh hopefully he doesn't we don't get too reliant on him and then you know he has his past sneak up on him again and have issues of which he's kind of had a history of doing here, which is unfortunate because a lot of that stuff too is just, you just hope the guy in general, like as a person living life is like healthy and okay and fighting the demons that he's fighting, you know, on a daily basis. So um, hopefully you can get all that stuff right more than even the football stuff. Let's uh, let's talk another kind of rumor and, and thing that has been flying around Chiefs Kingdom. And that is the Jamie Collins news. He was dropped by Detroit. Um, do you have any interest in there for, for the Chiefs? You know, he's a linebacker. He led the Lions in tackles a, a year ago. I'll, I'm going to be flat out. I don't want him. I don't know what he would bring to the table for the Chiefs. He's not that good. He's old. And yes, the, the Chiefs linebacker core is not great right now, but is he an upgrade? Not really. <laughs> like, that's my old thing. Like, like what, what, what is your thought there? You know, I mean, I don't know a ton about Jamie Collins. I know he led them in tackles last year, but to me it seems like he'd be coming in and doing the same stuff we already see Hitchens do and now even Bolton to some extent. So I'd be afraid he'd be taking reps away from Bolton, who really needs those reps to continue to develop as a player who I think we all want to see more of. But, like, you know, another team's trash isn't going to be the Chiefs' treasure. That's what I – you know, everyone says, we got to go sign this guy, trade this guy. I'm like – there's maybe like three or four players right now I wish the Chiefs maybe go after and try to sign or try to trade for. But other than that, you know, guys getting released in week three, that's that's just kind of on him for not playing well, especially, you know, they got this new coach. They got the new coach or whatever, Dan Campbell in Detroit. He's trying to create a winning culture. If you're getting cut from a team that literally has nothing and is that bad to begin with, I don't know how much value you're going to be able to add to a team that's competing for the Super Bowl that has some players that already do what you do. So. That's that's where I'm at on it. I'm right there with you. I, I I don't I don't see any merit in signing them. I don't I wouldn't understand the move if they did. Um, all right, let's talk uh, let's talk Chargers. 
So a game where the Chiefs came out and, and decided to just consistently shoot themselves in the foot over and over and over and over again. Let's just, what were your thoughts and immediate reactions from that game? Um, turnovers. Yeah. You can say whatever oh. you want, but you can say whatever you want about, you know, wide receiver three, four, five, six, seven, or eight or whatever. You can say whatever you want about the chiefs defense. Here's a stat. You can look this up. I already did. It's okay. Tommy Townsend actually looking pretty good as a punter this year. He's punted six times. So the chiefs are averaging what, you know, two punts a game offensively. That's outstanding. The chiefs have also turned the ball over six times in the first three games of the season. That's terrible. I'll let you guys use your imaginations on how those other, you know, how every other drive has ended. And in case you didn't know, it's been in points, touchdowns, field goals, that kind of stuff. But when the Chiefs are going in to score the first three possessions in a row of the game, they were not getting stopped. The Chargers literally put up no resistance on literally hardly any of those plays. First one to Marcus Kemp. You know, I'm hearing the talk radio guys, they're going to get their head waves. They're going to say it's this guy's fault. He was no looking. Well, number one, he's stepping up out of the pocket running from pressure, number one, and he's on the run. And number two, they go, well, you know, he gets paid all that money. We don't need him to showboat out of here. I don't care. I don't care that it was, it was well, if he threw it back here. He hit Marcus Kemp right in the hands. And you guys can say, well, I want to get mad at the players that make the money. I, I understand that also. But if you're a guy like Marcus Kemp, if you've been on the roster for five years and you've been waiting for a chance to step up, to me, that – that pretty much showed what he's about. The second turnover, kind of a freak play. Tyree Kill does not have a fumbling issue. He's actually pretty secure when he has the ball in his hands. I think the defense just made a play on that one. And Clyde played a good game overall, but that fumble he had on the third possession really, you know, drove the coffin home. And then the late Mahomes interception, that was just not a good play. I felt like he was trying to force it there when he probably could have, you know, he probably could have, you know, there might have been another option. You know, and there were problems with protection all day. Some of it was on the offensive line. There were a few times when Pat rolled out and he didn't really need to. But the turnovers are the biggest thing. That's what's killing this team, you know? It is, it is something that I can tell you as a coach that just drives you nuts because when you play a good team, like the Chargers are a good football team, when you play a good team and turn the ball over, it results in losses, right? When you play bad teams – and you turn the ball over, you make bad teams better because you're doing it. Like turnovers are one of the worst things you can do in football. It's like that and pre-snap penalties. Just they just murder you. They just there's nothing good that happens from them, and that's what that's been the case for them. They just consistently are just killing themselves with the turnovers. They had over 430 yards of offense in in 23 first downs. They scored 24 points, and it should have been 44 points, right? Like. This is, this is just something that they, they need to clean up. They need to stop the turnovers. And I, I think you're right. I think Mahomes was pressing a little bit uh, on the one late interception. Um, you know, it, it, it's something to me when he's doing the no-look passes. And I think that, like, I think it was Jeff Schwartz that tweet, tweeted it out is that, or Mitch, maybe it was Mitch Schwartz, one of the Schwartz brothers, tweeted out with the no-look pass is that the reason that Marcus Kemp is open is because Mahomes is looking at the defenders and telling them where to go. And then he's just, you know, dumping it off with the no look. Like that was not a bad throw. I mean, it was behind him, but that's like you said, the, the pass is hitting him in the hands. Like it hits him in the hands and to make it worse, it hits him in the hands 
and go straight up in the air. Like those plays are the plays you just can't afford, right? That's a play that you catch the football and you get north and south, you score. There's nobody, nobody in the middle of the field. And I, it's because Mahomes was looking over here and throwing it this way. If he's running and looking this way, what do you think the defense is going to do? They're going to react to that, right? They're going to react to it. So it's like, yeah, you can say, oh, you can't showboat and do all this and that. And it's like, that's funny because when he, he does it and they're completed, everybody's oohing and on and yelling and, you know, it's catch the football, bottom line, you need to catch the football. And that's really what it comes down to for me. Um, other than turnovers, offensively, I thought they did a nice job. I do think there are some issues and we've kind of talked about them a little bit. And a lot of it is, is teams right now are just putting, putting, I think Romo made a pretty good comment. He said, put a roof on it. They're putting a roof on their defense and not letting uh, Tyreek getting deep. They're doubling them all the time. And they got to find a way when teams are doing this to still just to get him the football, whatever way that is, find ways to get him the football. You know, and I think when you bring that up, to me, the, you know, we've seen them do a little bit of They just do like a little design, like pass straight down the line of scrimmage. Let them run an actual route. You know, let, let's, can we run a little slant or a crossing pattern? And they ran one crosser, crosser with him late in the fourth quarter and it ended up being like a 20-yard gain. I mean, they got to find a way to get his speed and space. If they got to line him up in backfield and have him run a route out of the backfield every once in a while, do it. Because all he needs is one missed tackle, and it doesn't matter how deep those safeties are. He's going to outrun any angle they can take to go get him. And, you know, the whole – the you know, the, the who's more important, Kelsey versus Hill? I think Travis Kelsey, probably to the success of the offense, is overall the more important player between him and Hill. But as far as the Chiefs winning games, I think you have to give that to Hill. Because how many times have we seen the Chiefs lose a game where he has like a – couple of big explosive plays that just turn the tide of the game. They very rarely have lost games where he's had big plays. It's been these games, you know, like the Super Bowl, where they put that lid on him and they don't let him get free and they don't let the Chiefs get that momentum because that's when you see teams start to crack. Yeah, and you know, and I think that's that's one of the things that's really been lacking from the Chiefs offense in the first few weeks is that big explosive play, that 30, 40, 50 plus yard touchdown or even just chunk huge play, right? Everybody is just so content with saying, hey, you know what? Put a 10-play drive together. We don't care because we'd rather you do that to us than have Tyreek catch one and score two seconds later or McColl catch one on an 80-yard touchdown or, you know, whatever it might be. They'd rather have that than, than whatever else because this offense, they just feed off of it. I think it puts teams in a mindset where they, they feel even more behind than they are really. And it, it's something that you got to find a way to do it, right? Whatever it is, I don't know if, if scheme-wise, you got to change some things up to be able to take shots every once in a while um, for that. You know, we've only seen maybe one or two of those big explosive plays in the first few weeks. I think that's a big part of their offense that is missing right now. Um, the one thing I did, I did like, like you mentioned, was Kelsey. Kelsey was, was awesome. He, he dominated again. He's just, he's just so good. He just, if they're going to, and, and the re, part of the reason he eats in this offense right now is because if teams are going to continually put two guys deep or double Tyree kill, a lot of times that's leaving Kelsey underneath your own free. He's either winning one-on-ones or he's got, you know, zones underneath that are open. 
Uh, and it's because they're so afraid of the deep ball. So he's going to continue to find ways to get open and make plays. We've, we've had this conversation so many times before. When teams want to beat the Chiefs, their best chance is to make the Chiefs offense stay on field longer and try to force turnovers. And that's what they did. You know, I'm not going to say there's a blueprint because there really isn't. Because if we're being honest, the Chargers defense didn't do anything to stop us. That last possession of the game, they got a big interception. And then, you know, all the other stuff, the Chiefs only punted a few times. The Chargers didn't really look like they stopped the Chiefs defense or offense at any given point in the game. But they kept them on the field long enough to force some mistakes happen. And that's how you beat the Chiefs. And if you're the Chiefs, you got to be confident about that because, you know, everyone's saying, well, they're a play away from being 0-3. They're a couple of turnovers away from being 3-0. and A couple of turnovers this week away from being on their way to a blowout. They could have been up 21 and nothing in the first quarter on the Chargers this week if they wanted to. Yeah, they're they're yeah, they're as close to being 3-0 as they are 0-3. So, like, to me, it's – but that's the razor-thin margins that there are in the NFL when you play good football teams. And they've played a very difficult schedule to this point. They're playing good teams and they're the ones making the mistakes, which we haven't seen the past few years. So, I, I, you know, for me, especially offensively, I do not think the sky is falling. I don't think that they, they're in some dire need to make some drastic move, whether it's a trade or a signing or anything like that. They're in a good spot. And the other thing that we saw that I thought was great was Clyde Edwards-Alaire, 100 yards rushing, nice touchdown on a screenplay. I, I was – ecstatic to see the Chiefs go away from that outside zone that we had talked about that they were so ineffective running where they if you looked at the run chart for uh, Clyde this game and even Daryl they're running the ball up the middle and they were getting the yards in chunks doing that six five six yards a carry yeah they were gutting them up the middle and uh, the young offensive line they look really good run blocking this week if you see some of those double team blocks it's not like what we saw a year ago where it's position block and hold your man off for a few seconds. It's we're getting underneath you and we're going to drive you five or six yards down the field. And if you want to go ahead and jump on to collide five or six yards on the, on the field, we're just going to keep pushing the pile and jump on top of you. So that's what you're looking for. That's what they're wanting out of Clyde. The fumble was bad. Got hit from a hard angle. No excuse that you still got to hold on to the ball. It came at a bad time for him. I know people have already dropped their stock in him. But how many times in the past have we seen the Chiefs struggle to run the ball on the Chargers? Quite a few times. You know, the Chargers have a pretty talented front seven. They're not the greatest in the world, but they have a lot of talent. You know, Nick Bosa, he had a good week this week. You know, I know everyone's killing Lucas Niang on Twitter, but the reality of the matter is he's Nick, Nick or not Nick Bosa, Joey Bosa, my bad. He is a top-tier defensive end in the NFL. And to be honest with you, Outside of a few bad plays, I don't even think Lucas Niang played that bad. I'm about to review the film here in a little bit. I don't think anyone on the offensive line played bad. No. But that chemistry with Mahomes is still not quite there because there are times where they gave up pass rush. But there was a couple of times when the Chargers set up Mahomes to scramble out and they already had contained the outside, and that's what teams are looking to do a lot of. And I think that was kind of where we saw Mahomes maybe struggle a little bit later in the game was they kind of really started trying to take away, you know, scramble just by having those guys contain out there and press in on him yeah absolutely and you, and you saw that and they drew it up on the broadcast even they did the little stunt game where they basically almost invite Mahomes to scramble to his right but little does he know is that they have the the guy from the right side completely coming across the entire defensive and offensive formation that right defensive end that right edge guy and he's looping all the way around to be, end up being like the contained guy. So he almost scrambles right directly into the rush 
where they want him to go. So it's little games that they're playing like that, that Mahomes has to understand. Sometimes it's better just to stay to, to slide up. He loves to escape out back and out. And he, you know, it's right now it's everything is he, he they, we have such a strong interior slide up, slide up, slide up, right. Keep sliding up in the pocket. You're either going to find running lanes up the middle or you're going to be able just to slide up and, and be more protected, right? You're going to have the tackles are doing a decent job. I think running dudes up the field, you know, the nine got beat by a nasty spin move by Bosa. You're not going to win everyone one-on-one battle with them. Yeah. Not, like, I, I, I was going to say that one that's been going around Twitter. There's, there's not a lot of right tackles in the NFL. They're going to win that one. Dude, it was um, no. And Bosa's just, he's elite, man. He's a great, he's a great pass rusher and great football player. So you're not going to win. Bosa's a guy even, he's a guy, even Mitchell Schwartz struggled against at times. Right. And, and even with that, Mahomes at least almost got a check, you know, at least a check down off because, he, he's he's good enough to feel that, right? He feels the pressure nicely. He's just got to work on sliding up still, I think, in the pocket, Mahomes does. As far as that big loop twist game, I feel like if they ran a little – I don't know. I don't know if it would work, but they do that big loop twist game, but they basically leave the entire left end just unattended to on that. I'd throw a little throwback screen or have McColl line up wide and then come back, and if they see that start to open up, you know, if they know that's you know if they get into a tendency, the team that has a tendency to do that, that could be a little throwback screen would probably work busted open pretty good. Yeah, I mean you're leaving the entire edge basically almost unattended when you do that, unless you send an extra rusher up the field there. But and it's also partly too, I think that they that they do that because it's a combination of playing everybody deep, maybe in those longer situations, knowing he's going to have to make a play. So you go okay. We know he likes to scramble out, so let's send this this long looping pass rush because we know he's going to try to get out of the pocket to create a play, and he runs right into it. So it's almost like you got to throw something underneath to get to, to get try to get some yak. And I know we hate that, and everybody hates throwing short line of scrimmage, and I do as much as anybody. But you know, right now the Chiefs, <laughs> we say they got to change some things up, but th- there are minor little things like that. Like Caleb mentioned, they've punted six times the entire first three games which is absurd right that's absurd so they're they're doing okay and that and team and teams aren't playing conventional defense versus the Chiefs this isn't how there's one team in the NFL they're going to play like this this season and it's not anyone other than the Chiefs this is how teams are going to play them so the Chiefs I know everyone wants to say never run the ball ever never throw the ball short ever Okay, that's fine, but you're looking at the actual defensive scheme and not just your little stat sheet or whatever. When you're looking at the actual defensive scheme and you're like, yep, L.A. will never run a defense like this again the rest of the season versus anyone they play. That's true. That's an act- That's actually what's going to happen. You know, until we see them again later in the season, they're not going to run that defense again. So we have to start to understand, you know, they're, they're, they're running things that, you know, the Chiefs can't think like everyone else. They don't think like everyone else does already, you know, just from a play calling standpoint. But now they've got to think differently again because they're going to have to start opening up that short game. Yep, and I think that they're starting to get to it, and I think that the running game will help too, the more efficient that they, they are. If they, can keep, if they can keep hammering dudes in the interior like they have been and stop going to that wide zone all the time and just use that maybe as like a, a change-up for the RPO stuff, um, I think they're going to be better off for it, but offensively, I, I, the, the sky is not falling, you know, they're okay. They just need to stop turning the football over and they're going to be just fine on the defensive side of the ball. You know, 
it's crazy because the first couple of possessions, man, that, that defense was flying around. And I actually think that they were playing a little bit better. But you, when you're out there just constantly because your offense is turning the ball over, you're going to give up more points. I mean, that's three and four, three extra possessions early. And then they got, an, an, a, you know, a fourth one with the late Mahomes. But three extra possessions to an offense is massive. Think about what the what the Chiefs would do with three extra offensive possessions a game. I mean, what are they I mean we see it whenever they blow teams out. They usually have a lot of turnovers they get from it. Right. I mean, you're going to score 40 points, you know, that's what they do. So I, I think that they were put in some bad spots. I do think that they are just, they, they are just in such a desperate need of a pass rusher right now. They have nothing as far as an edge rusher. I mean, nothing. Chris Jones has not done anything since he had the first two sacks against the Browns. I mean, there is just nothing, nothing. <laughs> there, there was the one play that Justin Herbert, it was the third down. And I mean, he went right to left across the field and then back to the right and then back to the middle before he found somebody open and he just stood there. And I think that right there is probably the number one issue to, to me right now is their defensive line play is not even remotely what we expected and thought it would be. Yeah, you know, I, I tweeted out some. I retweeted something I tweeted back in July earlier today, but I said, you know, we could expect to see the defensive end position struggle. I don't think we expect to see them do that much. I changed my opinion a little bit, you know, once we got uh, Chris Jones to the outside because he did look good in camp. He looked good week one, but, you know, they just, they got to find a way. I'm fine with him playing outside sometimes, but you got to find a way. When it's that third down and it's the money down, you got to find a way to get him a one on one inside. That's where he's going to be his very best as when you can just let him get up field and tear it up. He had one meaningful pass reps this week, and it ended up being a touchdown for L.A. He just couldn't quite get back there fast enough, and there was man coverage. Mike Dana had a sack. It was more of a covered sack than anything. His motor just kept running. But we haven't seen a lot. You know, Josh Kando, he's nowhere near ready to play. I didn't expect him to be. Frank Clark missing missed another game. That's never good. And then they're really, you know, they don't expect to get a ton of pass rush out of Naughty or Saunders. Um, Wharton, you know, he hasn't made much as much of an impact this season as he has in the past. Ron Reed has been fairly non-existent also, just kind of looking through that defensive line unit. So, you know, it's not a unit where it wants to be right now by any stretch of the imagination. Um, Brendan Bailey's going to have to get creative. Spags, they're going to have to get creative and see how they want to try to do things. I think right now they might be kicking themselves a little bit about letting go of Tim Ward and Taco Charlton because, you know, those guys, you know, they may be career backups, but at least, you know, with Taco, you can at some point in the game generate some kind of pass rush. If it's not a sack, he's going to get a pressure at some point. And you kind of feel like maybe Tim Ward was going to be on that same kind of train. I forgot Alex Okafor even played for the team, but I mean, it's a struggling unit. They've spent a lot of money and a lot of time on it, so it's really disheartening to not see it play very well. But it is a long season, so we're going to have to see how it turns out for them. But it's not very promising, and it's really hurting a lot of the other assets of the defense. So, you know, I, I don't know. I know I mentioned earlier, you know, um, oh, what's his face from the Texans, maybe possible trade. I don't think it's really likely they add another edge rusher at this point in the season. I think the best bet for the Chiefs is they're going to try to draft one of the top 50 picks, though, in the draft coming up this year. 
Yeah, I know the the rumors. I don't know if it's just a thing for um from our Slack of people wanting to do it or if it's just been speculated about Whitney Merciless. No, I I literally just put that in the group chat because I was like, who's a bad pass? Who's a good pass rusher on a bad team? Yeah, and then, and there's no proof to that at all. Yeah, so it's like, yeah, that's a, I mean that's a great thought to be honest. Like, but it's just first of all, pass rushers are hard hard to trade for because there's just not that many of them, right? There's not that many guys that can line up and, and win. So when you have one, you don't want to let them go for cheap. Um, but, but you know, the thing that I go back to is we talked about this when they made the decision to, to make the cuts down to the 53 is we got, we got a few guys right now standing on the sideline, not doing anything, <laughs> Except for except for competing on special teams, and now we got Shavarius Ward, or uh, excuse me, we got Taco Charlton and Tim Ward, not on our roster. Two guys that could potentially at least give a little bit of juice on the edge that show a little bit of athleticism on an edge rush, not on the roster. But we got Chris Lamons and we got Dorian O'Daniel standing on the sidelines, playing ten reps a game. That's really that's to me it's kind of what and it's pretty frustrating to think about to be honest. And I know Lamons is a good special teams player, and I'm, I'm not denying that. But would you rather have a good special teams player where you could probably find somebody to play in his role and maybe not be as good, but be at least adequate, or would you like to take a chance on an edge rusher that has developed and is is young and, and potentially a Tim Ward guy that could give a little juice to a, a D line that needs some juice right now? Or Taco Charlton, who showed a little bit of promise before he got injured last season with some of his pass rush acumen. Like you mentioned, where Alex Oakford is non-existent. That dude hasn't made a play in Kansas City in, in years. Like he is, he's not rushing the passer well. They have nothing on the edge. Dana is a solid football player, but he's a rotational guy. He's not a guy that you can start that you're going to expect to win on edge rushing. They, 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 they so desperately need a pass rusher right now. Like you said, that it's got to be a priority in the off season. Um, if they don't make a trade for somebody, which I, you know, maybe they will, we've seen Veach be aggressive before, and this is certainly a group that is underperforming. I don't know who they'd be able to trade for or be able to afford to trade for right now at this point though. Right. And, you know, and that's something to consider too. So it might just be something, hey, you gotta you gotta figure it out. You're gonna have to maybe play some games with your scheme, with your rushes, with your coverages that you play behind it and, and see what you got there. And the other thing that was kind of concerning, I thought in the, against the Chargers was you know, Traverius Ward was out um already, then Fenton went out with a concussion, and Mike Hughes went in and I thought he had played well, you know, up to that point versus the Chargers. And my goodness, did uh, did Mike Williams put him in a blender a few times where he was just not even anywhere to be found. The one touchdown down the right sideline. I mean, there was six yards of separation on, on you know, a 20 yard pass. And that was the, the pass rush you were re- referencing from Chris Jones, who was just a half a step, you know, from actually getting the sack and the balls out. And Mike, Mike Hughes just didn't have a good enough coverage to, to help him get the sack there. No, I mean, I mean, I can't really get too mad at the secondary. They're playing. You you can't cover someone for five seconds. It's impossible to do that. But you also don't just have to get quick like that. You can play a little bit of defense here and there, help them out. But they're struggling. What I about, mean, what about Thornhill? What's I mean? That, I don't know. That, <laughs> we're playing the Willie Gay with him. It's the same game we played with Willie last season, right? It's just unbelievable. 
Like, I, you're, there's got to be something going on where he doesn't know what he's doing and he can't be trusted because he is – I don't understand how he played as a true rookie in 2019. He made all those plays. He and made every play. Playoffs. And then this year in the first week of the season. Dude, I don't I don't get it. I really don't. And then you watch Daniel Sorensen playing, and you're like, how is that guy on the field ahead of Juan Thornhill? We've seen all three safeties play together at the same time and the team have success. Yeah. Because we're not out here reinventing the wheel. Yeah. And if he doesn't know every assignment, just have Tyron Matthew tell him what to do before the play starts. <laughs> right. Seriously. Cover your half. Done. Make a play. Be the single high safety guy and go be athletic. Good God. <laughs> They're, I mean, they do lack just athleticism, I think, in spots. Like, their linebackers without Willie Gay on the field – they're not very athletic. They're secondary without Thornhill on the field. They're not very athletic. So and he, and he's got nothing in his past that would say character issues. He's got nothing from Virginia, no off field issues, nothing like that. Nothing. I don't know if it's just the chiefs being loyal to a fault. Yes. I don't know if it's them just saying, well, Dane Sorensen's one of our captains of our team and he's going to be until he retires. I, I'm actually baffled by it. I don't get it because I've seen Spanx pull people off the field before and never play them again. You remember Ragland and uh, Darren Lee and all those guys. Yeah. We, they played a handful of games and they never came back after that. And they were on the roster. Right. It's baffling. Hopefully, hopefully they get a spark back when Willie comes back, though. But I don't know what's going I on. So with too. Thornhill. I don't um, know what's going on with Thornhill either. I wish we had access to like, coaches film and practice film and all that and scheme stuff. So we actually knew like what was going on. Cause it would just make me feel better about life when I sit there and watch on Sunday and watch Sorensen, just, just not be able to make the plays that he needs to make. So it is, it is something that is going to have to be watched, but going forward, uh, if we put the chargers game behind us, you know, there was good, there was bad. We talked about them both. They're going to have to carry the good over to this Eagles team who came, who is coming off of a pretty, uh, pretty lopsided loss to the Cowboys on Monday night. Um, good front on the Eagles defense. Secondary has struggled a little bit offensively. You got Jalen Hurts as the quarterback. He's young. They've talked about whether or not he is going to be the guy for him. There was the rumors that they wanted to get Deshaun Watson in there. So who knows how much faith they actually have in, in him. Um, they got some, you know, decent athletic guys on the outside and Devontae Smith, who is a rookie, Jalen Ragar, who hasn't really shown much in his second year, and Quez Watkins, who is everybody's favorite preseason DFS fantasy player. Um, but uh, what, what do you think about this Eagles team and, and what where the Chiefs are going to be this week coming up? Look, they're not very good. I think the Eagles secondary is bad. I think the Eagles defense in general is just not very good. Even though I think they have a pretty good defensive line, I think the Chiefs are going to be able to pass the ball all over on them, especially since I think the Chiefs' young offensive line, they've been building up. I think they're due for another big game. They may have taken a step back here or there. We're going to find out. You don't, you know, you don't run for 186 yards and take a step back. I'm going to take a look at that once I get some film. Biggest concern for me is that uh, Jalen Hurts mobile quarterback, and the Eagles have a good offensive line. So – that leads me to believe that they're going to be doing nothing but watching Baltimore Raven versus Chiefs tape this week, and they're going to try to come up with some sort of misdirection or some scheme. Now, will they be able to replicate that hundred, you know, to a T? Absolutely not. They're not going to be able to because Jalen Hurts is probably less than half the player Lamar Jackson's. 
Can they do it enough, though, to where it might hurt the Chiefs' defense, to where it could hurt a depleted defensive end unit? Absolutely they can. Big key for me this week, though, if the Chiefs can just put him in a bad third-down position, third and long, you know, this is a guy that you could see him out there losing confidence. He's not throwing the ball around well. He he looks lost in coverages. It's just – it's a no-good situation for Jalen Hurts right now. He doesn't have a ton of targets to work with. I think I don't think I'm not really too worried about any of their targets for him to throw to. But please just don't let the Eagles come in here and run the ball down your throats. I don't care if you gotta play 11 in the box. Don't let them do that because that's what they're gonna try to do. They're gonna try to control the clock, keep the game short. And on offense for the Chiefs, when the Chiefs have the ball, you're gonna have someone in your face every down trying to swap the ball. It doesn't matter where it's at. They don't care. You know, you know, they don't care about making a tackle. They're trying to get the ball out. Because for them this week, it's going to be useless for them to even make a tackle because they know. So their best chance is to try to intercept the ball or force a fumble. They're going to have to be ready for all that stuff. Yeah, I think, man, I just think you clean, you got to just clean it up, right? Get back to basics, protect the football. Don't fumble. Don't throw interceptions. Don't let bad teams hang around. This is a team that they should be, and they should be pretty convincibly, convincibly. it's it's turnovers. If you don't turn it over, I think that they win. Then they win convincingly. Defensively, like you said, you know Jalen Hurts is an athlete. They need to keep him in the pocket. I mean, the Chiefs lack such a pass rush. It might might just look like a mush rush the entire time. So he'll be in the pocket no matter what. But they have to keep him in the pocket because he he will take off and run. He's a guy that isn't afraid to run it seven, eight, nine, ten times a game, and not just on design runs, but also on scrambles. So. Keep him in the pocket, force him to make throws, um, and, and really go from there. Because, like you said, it's gonna be it's gonna be big to win on the rushing downs. Don't let them line up and run it, and put them in you know third and short situations. Make sure that they're they're getting in those third and longs, and and keep everybody in front of you, and and get after it, and get a, get a win. Right? It just it feels like we're still waiting, you know, even for the first for those first three weeks for that just that that I don't even know that moment that okay here we go moment you know what I mean the last few years we've had okay here we go this is the you know what I mean like the Chiefs Mm -hmm. maybe it's Mahomes and maybe it's we're just waiting for that and teams are just saying we're not going to let you have that and that's what the issue is right now but they got to find something that we go okay now we're now we're starting to roll here and 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 it's on every on both sides right on both sides of the ball where you're, they're playing with that confidence and that swagger that they have played with the past few years. So I want to see him get back to that. So to, to me, it's protect the football, keep Jalen Hurts in the pocket, find your swagger, find that, find that it factor, get that moment where it's saying, okay, here we go. Let's get after it. So those are kind of like my, my three kind of keys, I guess you would say to the game. I don't know if these are necessarily keys for me, but if Willie Gay is healthy and he can go play him, and I don't care if you say, well, he's not cut up on the play, but put him on the edge. Let him just rush the edge off the, you know, put some speed on the edge. Get someone out there that can make a tackle or make a play. That's the kind of stuff that sparks a defense. We haven't seen anyone fly into the backfield and blow anything up to start this season. We haven't seen, you know, guys out here running plays down and doing stuff. We know Willie Gay can do that stuff. He may have some hiccups here and there, because I, but I do expect he's going to get a lot of playing time. Honestly, for me, though, big keys this week, like you said, don't lose the turnover. Battle. Don't lose it to Philadelphia. Philadelphia's a bad football team. Turn the ball over. You're letting them in the game. You're not playing up to your potential. You're playing down to the level of your competition. 
the create one explosive play on off. I don't care if it's the big bomb, or I don't care if you got to be look. If you're, I don't care if it's McColl on the pop pass around the edge. I don't care if you're, you know, get the ball to somebody. Make have someone have a long play. Let Mahomes rip it deep. Do something to create an explosive play because the Chiefs are darn near impossible to stop when they have those explosive plays. And of course, for me, always win third down. Chiefs offense is actually they're over fifty percent this year on third down. That's remarkable. But the defense, they struggle sometimes. They especially struggle on fourth down. They got to get used to teams being ready to go for it on four down. But when third and fourth down, that's going to be my final key for this one. And the other thing I, I, I meant to bring up earlier and I forgot with the defense, and it, and it cost them eight points and in a third down conversion, was they got caught multiple times with tempo. They need to get that figured out because they literally gave up a touchdown, they gave up a two-point conversion, and they gave up a first down because they weren't even lined up yet when the ball was snapped. So I think need to figure out that tempo stuff. I, say, I think that's because last year and a half, last season and a half, dating back from the middle of 2019 all through last season. I think, you know, they got too comfortable with a lot of the substitutions they make because the Chiefs are a sub-heavy team. They don't run a ton of base defense, and we've known this for a while now. Their best defense is when they can rotate guys in and out, and I feel like the NFL is being a lot less lenient on those guys in and out. they got to have that stuff ready to go. That's just embarrassing to not be able to get set for a play when you're in the NFL, you know. I get it. They're quick snapping you. They're getting up there quick. You got to be ready to go if you're on the field. You know, you can't be sitting around trying to line everyone up forever. Yeah, hundred percent. And that and it is it is embarrassing, man. You give up eight points and a first down, like a crucial first down. That's inexcusable in the NFL. You got to be able to get lined up and get ready to play. Um, Not the playbook down spags. It can't get any worse than this. <laughs> That's facts, man. That is facts. But uh, all right, man. Tell everybody where they can find you and what you're working on. All right, guys, you can find me as always on, you know, on Twitter at CJ Scoops. Uh, go ahead and check out some of my articles. I just wrote a little quick piece on Sunday about what I thought about the game. You can go check that out. Um, just got some access to some film. About to start working on my weekly offensive line breakdown. Going to grade those guys out, see how they do week to week. I think that's fun, and hopefully I'll be able to get a little video going this week. I'm just going to touch on some of the big plays of the game what happened but you guys know where to find all my stuff and i appreciate all the love and support yep find me on twitter at uh, jdiz1617 appreciate all the all the support make sure you're liking subscribing telling us what your prediction to the eagles game in is and caleb what are you saying for the for the final score here i think it's a get right week for the chiefs i don't think philadelphia's defense is that good uh, we saw them get exposed a little bit last night by some weapons from the cowboys i think that Chiefs veterans, they're going to be pissed. And when I'm talking about veterans, I mean the big three, Tyreek, Travis, and Pat. They're not going to be happy that they're playing, you know, it's below 500 football. So I'm going to come out and I'm going to say the Chiefs light up the scoreboard. They get back to where they need to be. I'm going to say the final score is around 42 to 21. I'm going to say 34-17 Kansas City. Um, let's get this stuff figured out. Go Chiefs, as always. We appreciate you being here. We'll talk to you next time.